Do you have commitment issues, challenges with connecting, bonding, either with a person or with a project or with anything that lasts? It's one of the great challenges of our times, the inability to deeply bond, to deeply connect. In this week's sixth part, of a seven-part series, Seven Weeks to a Better You, we will be addressing the sixth attribute called connection, bonding. Please join me for a thorough evaluation of that feature, that faculty within each one of us, and what we can do to better connect, to better bond, to better commit. Welcome to the sixth part of a seven-part series, Seven Weeks to a Better You, Connection, Bonding. This program is dedicated in honor of Bruce Good's Yardsite by his family, Leah, Chaya, and Tsipora. A common expression, especially recently, has been, I have commitment issues. Are you one of the people that has commitment issues. Usually, it's in context of relationships. You're dating someone, it's going nicely, there's a certain commonality, camaraderie, but then you or an individual finds it difficult to commit to, to fully commit, to say, let's seal the deal, let's consummate it and get married. But commitment can also be around other areas in life. It can be around a project, it can be fulfilling a dream, an aspiration. Many different areas that people begin to do something, are very driven, but then it doesn't last. Or you can say even from the outset, the commitment was always conditional. So interestingly, this isn't just a psychological state of mind. We're dealing with one of the seven inherent facets, inherent faculties within your psyche, within your soul, within your emotions. And in this series, we've been addressing all seven of them. This week, we're addressing number six. In the previous weeks, the previous parts of this series, we addressed love, discipline, compassion, endurance, Humility, and now connection, or bonding, or commitment. In Hebrew, the word for it is yesod, which also means foundation. Now, it's an interesting word, because usually you wouldn't necessarily associate it, but when you think about it, of course, it's the foundation of a building that gives its element of its enduring connection. Without a foundation, the building would waver. So foundation is that solid bedrock, like the roots of a tree, 
that when you have that in place, you have commitment, you have connection, you have the bonding necessary. Let me begin with a, uh, a story that happened a number of years ago. I was giving a weekly class, and there was a couple there that would come every week. I knew them peripherally, but they came over to me after a few months of attending the class, and they tell me they've been dating now for several years. Um, a woman tells me she's ready to get married, but her um, partner is not. Her date is not. And, um, and he can't really explain why. He loves her, he cares about her, wants to spend the rest of his life with her, but he just doesn't feel ready to make that complete commitment. And um, he admitted, that's correct. And I said, is there any issue you have? He says, no, nothing he can point at. He just doesn't feel, he says, I don't see the need. And I don't feel that uh, compelling sense that I, we must bond in a full formal marriage. Okay, so I suggested, why don't we go for a coffee? You and I, just man to man, and let's talk. So we met, I remember it was a Grand Army Plaza, the top floor, the, 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 the main public library in Brooklyn, near Brooklyn Museum, near Prospect Park, Botanical Gardens, on Eastern Parkway, by the, by the circle there. So we met upstairs, and we had this long conversation. Very brilliant man, well-versed in physics. I think he was a computer engineer. And uh, we're talking. You know, we went through the usual suspects, including maybe a bad marriage of his parents, which would, of course, create fear of, of, of marriage. Who knows what would happen? Maybe a personal traumas and difficulties. And really, everything checked out that he didn't have anything that would be identifiable as being a reason that he just would not want to get married. Now, we talked also about his date. Is there anything you want to share with me privately that, that you're concerned about? Anything does she make you not feel secure? Do you not trust her? Is there some reason that you wouldn't commit entirely to her just as she's ready to commit to you in a formal, sacred marriage? And nothing, nothing checked out. At some point, you know, once you went through the usual uh, suspects and the challenges, you know, I was looking at him and I'm thinking. And then suddenly I had some epiphany. I don't know what it was. Something in the conversation. And I said to him, let me ask you something if you don't mind. Maybe this has nothing to do with marriage with this person. Maybe it's to do with you and your ability to commit. Is there anything in life that you're totally committed to? that no matter what, you will never let go. Something you'll hold on to, absolute. And he thinks about it for a moment, and he says, no, not really. So I said, I think the issue here is not about marriage per se. It's about you, and you're either playing safe, or that difficulty, or not knowing how to commit, or, wa or wanting to commit to anything. And one of the things happens to be, of course, in the emotional arena, it's even more vulnerable when you get married to someone. So you are an intelligent person, and why risk anything, even though there may not be any ostensible reason? He said, it may be. But then he looked at me, and we were having this very direct. He says, tell me, what about you? What are you absolutely committed to? So I don't know why. I just had a flashback from my own childhood. And what was the flashback? I said, you know, let me just share with you this. When I was a kid going to school, 
So I lived on Sullivan Place in Brooklyn and Crown Heights. And uh, we could take a bus to the school, which was on Bedford and Dean Street, Bedford Avenue and Dean Street. But you could also walk, which is what I did. You could also walk. And as I walked, and often I walked. It took a little longer, but uh, somebody have to wait for the bus anyway. And I especially liked walking when it was raining outside. I had this quirk, but it wasn't because I liked the rain. There was something else that I never shared with anyone. I shared it with him. I'm sharing it with you. As I would walk, I would like to go to the curb. And as the water would run to the sewers, the corners, the water would run down the curb, near the edge of the curb. I would like to go ahead. I would always go and remove twigs, dust, some paper, just to open up a channel to let the water run smoother. It didn't have any significance except to me. And I said, you know something? I think till this day, this is what I have absolute commitment to, an absolute passion. I just don't do it in a physical sense, but, but, but I am completely committed to do everything possible that whoever I meet to help open up a channel, a block, an obstacle, a fear, an insecurity, to open up channels that people can access themselves, access the courage necessary to overcome anything that may block them from achieving their goals. As I said this, this fellow began to cry. And I understood why. He said, that's so beautiful. I wish I had such a commitment. Now, without going into a long psychoanalysis of myself, why I had that commitment and why I felt that way, but the point is, this attribute, this, this faculty called yisod, bonding, connection, commitment, foundation, is fundamental in life because it, it's what gives us that ultimate security and confidence that you're completely connected to something. Just for the record, a little while later, he did marry this woman. They have children today. I meet them. It's like as if it never happened. Something happened. Maybe it was our conversation. Maybe it was a combination of conversations. Maybe it was just he grew into it without, again, analyzing it. And he's never been happier. Now, of course, it's safer so to speak, to not be committed to anything. That's the safest approach. That way you can't be hurt because you never went in all the way. You always have a back door. But they say, like they say, the greatest risk of all is not taking any risk. Commitment, connection, bonding is a natural component in our lives. It's not some superimposed, additional, peripheral, arbitrary, optional experience. It's what makes us human. Just like a building must have a foundation, a human being needs a foundation. In business, it would be called the business's vision or mission statement. That's its foundation. Everything rests on that. And that stays in place. And then you build floor one, floor two, floor three. You build a big skyscraper, but you have to have the foundation. Emotionally speaking, it's our capacity to bond with something. Now, it all begins... The first bonding of all, nine months that we spend in our mother's womb. What do you think that does for the human psyche? As the child is developing literally from one cell into a fetus, into a viable fetus that will ultimately be, give birth, be born when it leaves the mother's womb and the umbilical cord will be cut, nine months, the child is completely submerged in the most secure environment, fed, drank, drinking, breathing, everything from its mother. 
But it's more than that. It's the nurturing. It's the embrace. And you see it also in the animal kingdom. And at some point I was obsessed by looking at the videos of otters. Otters, they say every minute a mother will touch her newborn child 20 times, 30 times, just swimming along, just keep touching. Giving the sense to the child, I'm with you. You can always know I'll be there with you. As parents do. Now there are different creatures, different species that have different natural ways that they uh, nurture and protect and some do uh, almost after birth. Their child leaves them. But that's not because they're not being nurtured. It's because it's another way of nurturing. Without going into all the details. But in the human context, bonding is, very, is the essential driver of who we are. Now we spoke about love in part one of this series. Love is the actual expression of loving someone. But bonding is that absolute commitment that I will always be there for you and that you'll always be there for me. That is vital. And when a child does not have that, and we know today, children that are, God forbid, separated from their mothers, parents very early on, the separation anxiety that that creates has deep impact. Studies have not even touched the surface of the consequences of that. That doesn't mean we can't compensate. There are other ways to deal with it, but it's a great challenge because we, are, we need, just like a tree needs roots. Show me a tree that doesn't have roots. The roots are critical for the tree's growth, for the tree's nourishment, for the tree's health. The same thing, a human being must have roots. And you see, a bird cannot take flight if it didn't begin in a nest. We all have to have somewhere where we have that total security before we spread our wings. So first, it's critical to understand the necessity for bonding, for connection, for commitment. Once you understand the necessity, then you have to gauge, and here's where we begin our journal of this part six, connection, where do you stand? If you were to rate it from one to 10, how is your commitment doing? And the areas that you committed to more than others. Now you'll find people that are very committed to making money, very committed to their businesses, to different success but very difficult commitment with people, which clearly the reason for that is because in business, you're more or less in control. With another person in a marriage, in a relationship, you're not totally in control. There's another person. You're more vulnerable. You can be hurt. You love. Like a businessman told me, never fall in love with your your properties. Because sometimes it's it's business. Sometimes you just have to let it go. It's all a, a, a transactional thing. That means... That's what's more important is your commitment to the money you make. But when it comes to relationships, you're dealing with a human being. Imagine parents saying to children, I'm there for you unless it's inconvenient. No, commitment means that, yes, a parent will stay up at night. A full night with a child that may be sick, God forbid. And it may affect tomorrow's day. That's what Yisod is. That's what bonding is. And that's why it's called foundation. Because it's a foundation in the sense that it's everlasting and solid. But also, it's the bonding, the connection that makes the foundation. You can only have a foundation, a solid foundation, when you're completely committed. How could I rely on something if I don't think it's committed? If if I don't think the foundation is going to stand, I, I will not feel secure. So foundations are built on total connection and commitment. Another word for it could be attachment. It's become more popular lately, attachment. There are today attachment, healthy attachments, and there are unhealthy attachments. 
sometimes called attachment disorder, where a person did not have a healthy attachment, so you find attachment to things to compensate for that. And that could be an attachment to alcohol, to drugs, to gambling, to porn, to sex, and other things that you become connected to. It's called an addiction. Addiction is the antithesis, like the alter ego of healthy foundation and healthy bonding and commitment. It's the commitment to, the, uh, to a toxic thing. And additionally, it's also a commitment that that thing controls you instead of you controlling it. True commitment is you're controlling it and you determine that I want to be committed. Once a substance or a behavior is controlling you, yes, there's a complete attachment to it, but it's an unhealthy one. But it's not coming from an from a unhealthy place. It's coming from the need for attachment. So attachment disorder is when your commitments and connections are misplaced. They're coming from the wrong area. And you'll find that people who, especially people who are very powerful individuals and can powerfully commit and be convicted, can have conviction and connected to something in that foundational way, are the ones that also are most prone to getting very addicted to something because they're desperate for it. Now everybody needs it. So just a question of measure. So ask yourself, let's make a second column. First column is rate your level of connection. One to ten. The ten being perfect. Second, is it the connection in certain areas and not in others? And finally, in column three, let's talk about what connections you have to things that are not necessarily that healthy. Now remember, it's not always an addiction. It's not always to a... To a a drastically uh, dangerous situation. It can be to a video game. It can be to um, nail-biting. It can be to overeating. I mean, again, I'm not measuring the extent, but all it is is something you become connected to and attached to. So keep in mind, attachment is always good. It's what you get attached to. And when the attachment is to a healthy partner in a healthy marriage, there you have the true roots and the foundation. If, for example, a tree's roots would suddenly go and follow and reach toxic water, it would destroy the tree. So roots are good, but they have to be directed and guided to the right place. Interesting question whether trees actually will be drawn to toxic water. Aside, just as a tangential question. So now that we've addressed the importance of it, let's address how do you build connection, especially if you have fear. What happens to a person whose parents abandon them? Literally or emotionally and psychologically. Absentee parents. So we develop an unhealthy sense of needing to take care of myself because my mother's not coming home or my father's not coming home. So it's completely understandable why you're afraid to connect to someone too much because they may one day just abandon you as well. This is very common. But the first thing is knowing the problem is half the cure. Identifying it. Don't justify. Don't say, no, I'm an an independent person. I don't need commitment. I'm 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 an island onto myself. That's going into denial. The first thing is acknowledging it, at least yourself. And that's why it's good to have a mentor, a friend, someone you can speak to about it. And then, once there's acknowledgement, you can work on it and say, okay, what can I do? Once you've identified that I do have a difficulty then the answer is very straightforward. And it's completely doable. Step by step, baby steps, divide and conquer. 
Don't suddenly try cold turkey. Okay, I'm going to commit completely. I've seen this as well. People who have, were afraid of commitment, and then, whatever reason, they decide I'm going to throw myself completely in it, just, just super rationally, just do it. They didn't really prepare themselves, and often it backfires. I wish it would work. And if it worked, great. But most likely, more likely, it's starting with smaller things. Make a commitment every day to do something what I often call the spiritual spa, SPA, study, prayer, action, cognitive, emotional, and behavioral conditioning. Study something for five minutes a day, but every day, commit it. Bond with it. Pray something emotional, something song, a song, a poem. And third, do something, a good deed, charity. But the key here is not just doing it or praying or studying, but commit to it, that it becomes part of your routine. Just as you brush your teeth, just as you do other things, make it part of your habit, part of your routine. Commitment breeds commitment. Keep that in mind. Once you begin doing that, then of course try to expand. Slowly, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time, you, can, you learn the idea of commitment, and you see it doesn't destroy you. Now I understand prayer, study, action is not going to speak back to you. There's no fear involved, but there is fear because when people have commitment issues, they have commitment issues across the board. So start where it's easier. Untangle the easy tangles and then move deeper into it. Now, it'll always require help, especially when it comes into the emotional realm where the fear of abandonment or the fear of betrayal or the fear of being hurt is there. That's why there too, the key is to build trust. No one's asking you when you date someone that you have to marry them overnight. You date, you talk about nice superficial things, but then you start talking about little deeper things. Doesn't mean you have to expose all your fears. But as an intelligent person, to some extent, you can start testing the waters. And I don't mean testing to that extreme where a lot of people who have commitment issues are, are testing so much they destroy the relationship. But testing in a way that makes you feel safer. And sometimes what we call the cognitive life raft Bring that into the picture. Imagine yourself with that person. Would she or he be a good father or mother? Good mother or father? Would I know I can rely on them? And if your mind tells you yes after a while, your emotions begin to open up. Emotions are always more fearful than the mind because the mind is more of an objective observer. It researches, it gathers data, it evaluates an objective mind. But don't let your mind be affected by your emotional insecurities. That's called the cognitive life raft. Create a life raft. You're in a stormy sea of stormy emotions and fears and insecurities due to whatever your history may, may be. Let your mind create a little life raft. You know, dream, imagine. And that slowly opens up that the heart says, okay, maybe that's possible. Again, step by step, but it should be deliberate and progressive. Move forward. And if you see yourself getting paralyzed, talk to someone. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, and I say, okay, so tell me, why, why do you want, not want to commit? And they can't really identify a reason. Is there anything about her or him that you find a problem? No, not really. I said, you know what you just said? Every human being has flaws, and you're not able to find a flaw? Well, if you really ask me to dig, that's not my point. My point is that you couldn't find one quickly. That means that on paper, and even in your mind, things seem fine. So let's explore what the fears are. Now, that doesn't mean it's suddenly going to go away, the fears, but
but at least you're addressing it. You're shining a light, because fear and insecurity needs clarity. Light is its biggest enemy, in a good way. Clarity. It thrives in ignorance, in confusion, in doubts, in darkness. So these are some of the methods to help one find the bonding, the connection, the commitment of Yisod. And now let's cover the other six emotions within Yisod. Like remember, we, in each of these parts, every emotion for it to be healthy needs the other seven within it. Seven times seven is 49. So well, let's talk about the seven within within connection. Number one, love. Very hard to bond with something if you don't love it. But let's say with the roots of the tree, the tree loves the water. What does it mean by love? It needs it. And therefore it loves it. It's, it's a source of life. Just figuratively speaking. When you love someone, you may still, the, the, this still doesn't mean you bond with them and connect with them, but love is a driving force. If you hate somebody, you're not going to really want to bond with them. Or if you're neutral, same. So looking at the love, and here too, let's create another column in the journal where we're going to address these seven and ask yourself, the thing that I want to bond with, the thing that I'm exploring bonding with, do I love it? And if not, why not? Maybe you're afraid to love it. Maybe it's part of the fear that if you love it too much, you'll bond with it. Okay, so that's the love within bonding. Then it comes the antithesis to that, discipline. Sometimes we bond too much. You lose yourself. Bonding is not meant to replace you. It's meant to enhance you. There's some people who have so much experienced so much abandonment or so much disconnection or lack of attachment, as soon as they find someone or something, they get so attached to it. Discipline means, no, you have to be more deliberate, more discretion. The discipline within bonding. So as much as bonding is necessary, you also have to ask yourself, am I overbonding? Am I bonding too quickly? Will it backfire? The third is the compassion within bonding. As we've discussed, compassion is much diff- more, very different than love. Compassion is a feeling of empathy to the thing that you're bonding with. That even if you're not always receiving love, but you always feel that, that sensitivity, that, that, uh, the empathy, the compassion. So ask yourself, how's the compassion within your bonding? Is the bonding leading to more compassion? as well as the bonding leading to more love. Number four is the endurance, the determination, the ambition, the tenacity of bonding. Now you'd think that they're synonymous. Endurance is that when there's a challenge or an obstacle, you drive, forward, you drive ahead. Bonding is the very capacity to connect mother to child, father to child, child to parent, husband to wife, wife to husband. But within it, you need the netzach, the endurance within bonding, that when there's a challenge, let's say the roots of a tree hit a wall, the roots will find a way to get around the wall or under the wall or over the wall to find the water. So is that driving force, how is the endurance within bonding? Often bonding is there, but as soon as there's a deep challenge, you get stuck. So netzach gives you the capacity to fight through it. So ask yourself, and here too, in all of these I should have added, rate it 1 to 10. Where are you the love of bonding, the discipline within bonding, the compassion, and now the endurance or the tenacity of bonding, the determination that's necessary, the fight. Then comes humility within bonding. Humility within bonding is 
always critical. You don't want bonding to create arrogance. That there's a certain humble humility. It's not about you. Very often we have difficulty to commit to something because there's too much of you in there. The ego, narcissism, arrogance. Humility actually allows you to bond easier with someone because it's not just what's in it for me. The ability to yield, to be flexible. So rate your humility within bonding. Number six is the bonding within bonding, which we discussed, which is evaluating and analyzing your, the very nature of your bonding. One to ten, how do you bond? How well do you bond? Do you bond with some things more than others? The level of your connection to things. Connection to the right things, not to the wrong things, as we discussed. And finally, the dignity within bonding. Like in all of these faculties, dignity is paramount. Bonding should lead to dignity. And how's the dignity within the bonding? Sometimes people bond, but in ways that compromise the other. It could even be humiliating, demoralizing. You see sometimes attachments that become overbearing and weaken the dignity or compromise the dignity of an individual. Healthy bonding should add to dignity. Just as a mother staring at her child, cuddling it, cradling it, embracing it, creates dignity of the child. It engenders, it feeds and nourishes the dignity of the child, the malchus. So there you have the seven within connection in this part six of our series, Seven Weeks to a Better You. This has been Simon Jacobson, Meaningful Life Center, MeaningfulLife.com, where you can find all the, so far, these six parts. And next week will be the last and final part of this series, where we're going to talk about seven weeks to a better you, Malchus, dignity. Please join me. Thank you. Please share, comment, feedback. All is welcome. MeaningfulLife.com. Everyone be well and be blessed. And may you have a bonding week, a committed week, a connecting work, attachment of the highest levels and to the most, and most beautiful things in life. Be well. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.